Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. We're going to continue our study on the work of Holy Spirit. I want us to start tonight, and we're, gonna, we're actually going to be working more out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 than anything because I want to talk to you about gifts, the gifts, the operations, manifestations, and administrations of the Spirit. However, I want to start in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. So if you don't mind, go into 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 10 and 11 there to kind of get us started, okay? 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. All right. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever." Father, we just ask that you would help us tonight. Help me to be able to effectively communicate your word. Holy Spirit, teach through me. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read it also to you out of the Amplified. Now, that was the King James. I want to read it to you also out of the Amplified because I think it gives us some commentation that will help us better understand what the Apostle Peter is trying to say here. Verse number 10 in the Amplified says, As each of you has received a gift a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment. Employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by and through unmerited favor. Now that's verse number 10. So what this is teaching us here is that every single one of us has received gifts from God. A lot of times people will come to me and they'll say to me, they'll say, Pastor, I want to work for God. I want to do what the Lord wants me to do, but I really don't know what God wants me to do. And can you help me discover what the will of God is for my life? And so my first statement to them usually is some variation of this. I'll ask them, I'll say, well, what are you good at? And they'll look at me sometimes with a confused look and I'll, then I'll say, what are you passionate about? What really cranks your motor? And if it's something that is beneficial for the lost, if it's something that's beneficial for the world, if it's something that's beneficial for the kingdom, then I'll look at them and I'll say, do you think that God put that in you? Or do you think that Satan would have put that in you? So was it God that put that in you or was it Satan that put that in you? So you've got to ask your, yourself those questions. First of all, Satan is not going to try to help you win lost people to Christ. Secondly, he's not going to help you try to benefit the church and other Christians. You know, and so we could just go right down those, those tracks. And so here's what I tell people. Usually you will find the call of God within the passion that God has placed in your heart. And the talents that are inside of you will line up to the call of God upon your life. God's not going to call somebody to stand up and preach in the pulpit who doesn't have the gift to run at the mouth. He's not going to call somebody uh, to sing that can't carry a tune in a bucket. 
Well, I'm called to sing. Can you sing? Well, Mama said I could. Mama lied to you. God's not going to call somebody to be a worship leader that can't carry a tune. God's not going to do that. So obviously, then that's not where the calling would be. Now, we could take that in a totally different direction, and we could say, we could say you know, if God has given you a great sense for business, then it's very possible that God's going to use you to be a paymaster in the kingdom. And what do you mean by, by a paymaster, Pastor? Here's what I mean. I mean, God will take you and anoint the business gifts that God has put inside of you for you to be able to earn income so you can help finance the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world and the discipling of those who have given their life to Christ. There are some people who are called to that. They're called to that. Then there are other people who are called into management. There's other people that's called to be leaders and, and there's other people that's called uh, to care for children and there's other people that's called to care for elderly people. And so what I'm trying to tell you is, is that what the call of God, what, whatever the call of God is on your life, God has already put inside of you the gifts that are necessary to be able to fulfill that calling. We have to discover what those gifts are, and many times we have to get ourselves trained, and we have to work on those gifts and enhance those gifts and then offer all of that to God and ask God for His blessing upon our life. And when He pours His blessing and anointing through us, then we begin to fulfill the call of God upon our life. Life. And here's what I found out about fulfilling the call of God on your life. It's very fulfilling. It is. It is. You know something? I've tried to do other things. I have. I have tried to do other things in the past, long time ago. I got tired of the way that people treated my family. I got tired of the way people treated us. I got sick and tired of people. I did. I'm not there now, but I was. I was tired of it. I was tired of, of arrogant people who had absolutely no idea what it was like to be in these shoes that thought they could sit there and be a church boss. And I got tired of it. And I said, I'm out of here. I'm done. It's over. And I tried to go into the arena of the world, and it didn't take very long, and I was managing a dairy over all of eastern Kentucky. I mean, it didn't take six months, and they looked at me and said, you are management material. I said, thank you. And they put, and you know what? I'd be in those dairy trucks, and I'd be driving around, and I'd be taking care of business and things like that, and it, something would begin to work on inside of me, and I found myself preaching in the cab of a dairy truck. I would get in the back of the truck to work the milk, shut the door, and start singing at the top of my lungs because that's a good echo chamber. And I would sing at the top of my lungs and I'd start feeling the anointing and I'd lay down in bed at night. Now, this is the truth. I would lay down in bed at night and start hearing the cries of lost people. And I realized I can't do anything else. I can't do anything else. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance what God has crafted you for, what God has made you for, what God has shaped and formed you for, you will never be able to get away from it. So allow God to begin to enhance you. Allow God to develop you. Allow God to encourage you. You say, well, I'm too old. That's what Moses said. He was 80 years old, and he said, God, 
I'm too old. God said, you got 40 years left, pal, and I'm going to use you to deliver an entire nation out of a land of bondage, a nation that had been in bondage for 400 years, and God used him. So don't ever sell yourself short. So each one of us has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a divine endowment, and the Bible teaches us that we need to use it to benefit and help one another. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. Now, I like this word stewards. It says, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Some of the most life-changing times that I have ever experienced in my life is when the Lord began to deal with me about the stewardship responsibility that He's placed upon my life with the talents, the gifts that God has given me. And it's almost like the Lord spoke to me and, and began to speak to me several years ago and He said, I have a stewardship, you have a stewardship responsibility to share what I have placed inside of you. The gifts and the talents that God has put inside of every single one of us. Now listen to me very closely. The gifts and the talents that God has put inside of every single one of us are not for us. They are for others. And God wants to use you to reach out to lost people in your community, in your sphere of influence, Wherever you are, God wants to use you for the benefit of His kingdom, for His glory, and for your good. And when we don't allow God to use us, then not only are we harming ourselves, but we are harming those that those gifts that God put in us were created for. Have you ever thought about that? So we need to think about that, don't we? If God has called you to be an intercessor, then you need to be an intercessor. You need to learn everything you can about intercession. You need to pray. You need to pray in the Spirit. You need to pray with understanding. You need to get together with other intercessors. You need to develop a friendship circle of people that like to pray and people that... And you need to get together with them. Once every month, about well, about eight times a year, I'm involved in a pastoral covenant group. There's between 12 and 15 of us. Most of us pastor. In fact, we're one of the smallest churches in this group. And, and we get together and we talk and we spend one morning from 9 o'clock in the morning until noon. We spend one morning together about eight times a year. And all we do is we sit in a circle and we talk about what God's doing in our church. We talk about what God's doing in our lives. We talk about the things maybe that God has, has, has spoken to us. And there are times when someone will just say, you know what, guys, I'm having problems with my family. And we'll just all get together. And what happens in the group stays in the group. And we'll just get together and we'll begin to minister to one another. And then before it's over... We're talking among each other about what God is doing in our church and we're, we're sitting here thinking, oh wow, well maybe that would be something that, that, that we could do at our church. And, and so we encourage one another and we resource one another and we pray for one another and we minister to one another. And that's what I'm trying to say. Whatever the call of God is on your life, find a group of people and get involved. If God's called you to prayer, then, then most of your friends need to be prayer warriors. If God's called you to preach, then your close friends need to be preachers. If God's called you to be a Christian businessman, then get together 
with business people like like uh, the fellowship of, of, of Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. Get with, get with those guys and get together with business people who love the Lord and who, is, who are working for the betterment of their community. This is, this is how you build the gift. This is how you work the gift inside of yourself. So the Bible says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And then it says in verse number 11, Whoever speaks in the Amplified, let him do it as one who utters oracles of God. Whoever renders service, let him do it as with the strength which, which God furnishes abundantly. In the KJV, it says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. And if any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. When it talks about speaking as the oracles of God, that means speaking in a godly way, speaking in a godly fashion, and being surrendered to the Lord and allowing God to speak through you. That would be the divine oracles of God, when God speaks through you. The Bible says that holy men of God wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost, and that's how we received the Bible, because holy men of God wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. So I want to encourage you tonight to allow godly people to speak into your life and you become a godly person who can also speak into other people's lives. And then the Bible says, don't, be, don't worry about being able to do that because God will give you the ability to be able to do that. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So it's very important for us to understand that God receives all of the glory for everything that He does. To God be the glory, say it with me, great things He has done. Now I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want, us to, I want us to begin talking about this just a little bit tonight. Hopefully we'll get through most of it by 8.30. If we don't, we'll just pick it up next week. But I want to talk to you a little bit about how the Holy Spirit moves through gifts. And the Bible teaches us that we have gifts. And these there are many different gifts. Dakes actually says there are 31 different gifts in, in the Scripture. In this particular passage of Scripture, we have what we call the nine gifts of the Spirit. And we'll talk a little bit about them here in just a few moments. But the Bible says in verse number 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I would not have you ignorant. Now, that word ignorant means to be unlearned. So, in other words, we need to study spiritual gifts. And we need to study the proper use of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts have gotten a bad rap in the church. And I think the reason is because we have a whole lot of people who are ignorant of how they work and how they operate. And when I say ignorant, I mean unlearned. They are unlearned. And the Apostle Paul, once again, was writing to this rowdy bunch in the Corinthian church... And he was telling them, I would not have you to be unlearned or ignorant. He said, you know that you were Gentiles, that means without God. You were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, that's idols that cannot speak and cannot hear, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So what he was telling them was idolatry is not going to work for you. There's absolutely no way that you can mix oil and water. 
See, you can't serve God and be full of the Holy Ghost and have your idols over here because the Holy Spirit is alive and speaking and your idols are dead and basically they've never even lived. So they're dumb, that means they don't talk, and they're deaf, they can't hear. And so what he was saying was we have to be, we have to come together and understand that we can't mix the world and the church, we can't mix idolatry and Christianity, we have to give ourselves completely to the Holy Ghost. And then he goes on, verse number 4, it says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And when it says diversities, that's talking about many different kinds of gifts. And then it goes on and it says, There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now let's go back for just a few moments. When the Bible says there are diversities of gifts, notice it says, but it's the same Spirit. So there's many kinds of gifts, many kinds of gifts, but it all comes from the Holy Ghost. They all come from the Holy Ghost. Verse number 3 talks about the Holy Ghost. And then it doesn't say there are diversities, but it says there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Administration is learning how to apply knowledge. That's the operation of administration. So the Bible is teaching us that there are different gifts and they are applied in different ways. So there are different ways to apply the gifts of the, of the Spirit. And so the Bible teaches that. And then we go on and it says there are diversities or many kinds of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. A good way to help you understand this is there are many ways that we pray for the sick. Now the Bible says in James chapter 5 and verse number 16, if there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and let them anoint them with oil and pray for them. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and they shall be, uh, they shall be, their sin shall be forgiven and they shall be healed. And so we anoint people with oil, we pray for them, they call the elders, we anoint them with oil, we pray for them. Now it's, now it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that we can't do that when people call us for prayer from around the country. So what we do is we talk to them on the phone and we pray for them. What about when the Lord brings somebody to your mind when you're praying in your personal prayer time and you begin to intercede for them? It's a totally different kind of prayer. And so this is just one example where the Bible teaches us that there are different operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. So the bottom line is God is saying there's more than one way to skin a cat. I mean, that's probably not a good... Come on, I'm trying to get you to wake back up. There's more than one way to do it. We can paint this wall with a roller up and down, or we can paint it sideways, or we can do it with a brush, or we can do it with an airless, whatever. We can do it. Bottom lines, it's still going to get painted. So what God is saying is there are different operations, there are different methods, there are different ways, but we just have to make sure, we have to make sure that we're operating under the direction of the Spirit. And then it goes on, verse number 7, it says, but the, and I love this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Manifestation is the open showing, the outward showing of. So the Bible says that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to all of us for our profit. So there are gifts, operations, manifestations, 
and demonstrations of the Spirit of God. Administrations and demonstrations of the Spirit of God. Then we go on, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Several years ago I was praying. I was a teenager. I was about 15 years old. And what I found out is uh, every year that I live, that's farther away. That's way back there now. That's 15, I was about 15 years old. And there was this lady in our church. She was our Sunday school teacher. And her name was Sister Ball. And sometimes God would, would speak to her in, in, in her personal prayer time a word for a particular person and she would write it down on a piece of paper and she would give it to you the next time that she saw you. And so I had some questions about some things. And so I said, Lord, and she was my Sunday school teacher. And so I said, Lord, I said, would you please speak to Sister Ball for me? I, I need to know, you know, I've, I've got this list of questions here and I don't understand. And, I'm, and, I, and at this particular time in my life, I was fasting and praying for the gifts of the Spirit in particular. I wanted the gifts of the Spirit in my life. That, and that was the terminology I was using. And I'll show you how that's incorrect in just a few moments. But I was using that terminology. And so I would go to Sister Ball every time we would have church. On Sunday, I would run to her on Sunday morning. Did the Lord give you anything for me? Well, no. Was he supposed to? <laughs> so then I'd run to her on Wednesday night. Did the Lord give you anything for me? Well, no, no Jonathan. Was, was the Lord supposed to? I said, well, well, why don't you talk to God? I, I, I asked the Lord to give you something for me. So this went on for two or three weeks, and finally she walks up to me, and she hands me this piece of paper, and she says, yes, the Lord gave me something for you. I said, okay. And so I took that piece of paper, and I ran up to the front, and I sat down, and I opened that piece of paper, and it basically said this, Behold, I say unto you, son, and that's how they used to say it back then. Behold, I say unto you, son, that you have somehow reached out to my handmaiden and you're trying to hear me through her. You need to learn to hear me for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And so, and so the, see, the Lord was training me. He was teaching me how to listen for him. He was teaching me. And so uh, I began to pray, and I began to fast, and I began to, cry, began to cry to the Lord, I want the gifts of healing. Lord, I want the word of prophecy. Oh, God, I ask you to give me those gifts. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I'm fasting, and I'm praying, and all of this, and I'm thinking, oh, God. And I literally went on a 28-day fast. I mean, I was, Lord, I want to be like A.A. A. Allen. I want to be like Jack Coe. I want to be like T.L. Osborne. I want to be like... You know, Lord Jesus, use me, God, use me. Let me have the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, one day, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, won't you sit down and open your Bible? And so I sat down, and I opened my Bible, and the Lord showed me where he gave the gifts to the church.
And he began to reveal to me that the gifts are already present. They're already here. He's already given them to the church. And here I am seeking God, and he began to deal with me. There's other things he talked to me about. You know, you can't purchase the word of wisdom with a meal. In other words, you can't fast your way into that. Okay? And so God began to deal with me about these things, and he said, I've given the gifts to the church. What you have to do is learn how to live a surrendered life and learn how to yield to the flow of that gift that is already in the body. That making sense? So here we are. Here we are tonight. And I'm telling you right now, what the Lord revealed to me was that the word of wisdom is already in the house. The word of knowledge is already in the house. Faith, the gift of faith is already here. The gifts of, the heal, of healing by the Spirit are here. The working of miracles are here. Prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, all of these gifts are here. And the Bible says in verse number 11 that he'll divide unto each, each one of us severally as he will. But as you go on and you begin to study that, that's talking about in your worship service experience. So you don't walk around carrying that gift inside of you per se, you walk around carrying the Holy Ghost inside of you and the Holy Ghost is where that gift dwells and if the Holy Ghost lives inside of you and that gift dwells inside of the Holy Ghost, then all we have to do is figure out how to tap it so it can come out. And that's why so many times we have people in spirit-filled churches that are preaching about power but not producing because they're looking for the outward manifestation when they, would, when they should be paying attention to the inward working of the Spirit. Because what, what God does inside of you, He will show outside of you. He will manifest outside of you. Now, let's talk a little bit about these gifts because we need to become familiar with them. Let's talk a little bit about them, okay? The Word of Wisdom is a spiritual utterance that is a supernatural disclosing of the mind and the purpose and the way of God. How that he would apply himself to a particular situation. There are times when God will use individuals with words of wisdom. We won't know what to do. We won't know how to solve a situation. We won't know how to solve a problem. And the word of wisdom will come through prayer, through fasting, through us learning how to surrender to the move of God and learning how to allow the Holy Spirit to flow uh, inside and work inside of us, we will, uh, we will get to the point where we say, okay, God, I need a word of wisdom. I need supernatural divine direction. And many times that comes when we're praying in the Spirit in our personal prayer time. And that word of wisdom will come. And it'll be like, for me at least, it's like, huh, I knew that. I knew that. Why, why would that come to me like that? Because the answer is already inside of us. So that's what wisdom is. That's what the word of wisdom is. The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of information pertaining to a person, an event, giving for, given for a specific purpose, and it's usually dealing with an immediate need. Now, I don't want to weird you out. I don't want to mess you up. I don't want you guys to get to, to think that I'm weird or anything, but you probably already do, but that's okay. 
But I've experienced, I've learned, uh, I've learned how to detect when God is wanting to flow with the word of knowledge in the atmosphere. I've learned how to detect that. And I promise you, Donna has been there. There are many, many, many different times when I, especially when I was evangelizing, when I would be praying for people and God would give me their name. I would never have met them in my life and God would give me their name. And God would tell me what they were going through. Now you say, well, why would God do that? To communicate to them that he heard them when they prayed. So there are times when that has happened in my life. I'll give you an example. I think I've shared it before, but it's coming to my mind and I think somebody needs to hear it. I was about 17 years old. I was preaching revival in uh, Van Buren, Arkansas, Fort Smith, Van Buren, Arkansas area. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning and the Lord spoke to me. He woke me up in the middle of the night and he spoke to me and he said, I need you to get up right now and get in your car and go where I tell you. I'm like, oh dear God. I'm 17 years old. This is like two years after I'd really been seeking the Lord and trying to learn how to allow God to use me. So I did that. I said, okay. I said, I'll do it, Lord. So I got in the car, and the Lord literally would say, turn right, right up here. And I would turn right. Now go down until I tell you to turn. And this happened. I mean, there there were three or four different turns, and it was about 10 minutes away. Then the Lord spoke to me, and we went down kind of in the bad part of town, and it's like 3.30 in the morning or something. And here we are in the bad part of town, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, he said, park in front of this house right here on the right. So I parked in front of the house, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, now I want you to go knock on the door. I said, God, it's 3.30 in the morning in a bad part of town, and you want me to go knock on the door? He said, he said obey me. You'll see my power. I said, okay, so I'm walking up the sidewalk to go to the front porch, and the Lord spoke to me and said, no, you have to go around to the side of the house and go up the staircase and knock on that door. I said, dear God, (laughs) I mean, it's dark. I'm starting to get, and so I just start binding fear. And so I did. I walked up the staircase. I seen a door. I knocked on the door. I heard some noise inside. This lady opens the door. She's probably in her late 20s, close to 30, something like that. And she looked like she had been crying for a week. And she looked at me and she said, what do you want? Like that. And I said, don't be afraid. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) But God woke me up and led me to your house, to your place where you are. And he specifically told me to knock on this door and I would see his power. And she turned around and I heard somebody inside and said, who is it? And she said, honey, I think we should just let this guy in. And so I walked in there and her boyfriend, who's probably in his early 30s, is sitting at the table and he's about half drunk and there's a gun on the table. And he said, what do you want? And I felt a boldness come on me. And I told him, I said, listen, God loves you enough to wake a little 17-year-old preacher up 
and tell him exactly how to get to your house and how to come up and knock on your door at 3.30 in the morning. Now you tell me what you need. And he began to talk to me and they both just began to break and they had decided about three days ago, they had decided that this was the night that they were going to end it all. Seriously. This is the power of the word of knowledge. And they thought that they were going to end it all. And the idea, he was trying to get drunk enough to go ahead and shoot her and then shoot himself. That was the idea. And I looked at him and I said, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And I told him, I said, your life is not going to end today. It's going to begin today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the presence of God came in that place. And I just poured out, you know, the Roman road and all of that. I just poured it out to them, began to talk to them about giving their life to Christ. And I told them, I said, listen, I said, we're not here to solve all your problems. We're going to leave that up to Jesus. I said, we're here to connect with him and let him begin to work in your heart and your life. They gave their life to Christ. They came back to the church where I was preaching revival the next night. And they gave their testimony. And man, revival just broke out. Just a wonderful, wonderful move of God. That's the power of of the word of knowledge. That's the power of the word of knowledge. It's not because the Lord gave me the word of knowledge. He's already given the church the word of knowledge. But when you realize that the word of knowledge resides in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit resides in you, then you realize that the, that the word of knowledge is, is, is in you. I mean, I, I could just go on with, with different stories about, I mean, the Lord spoke to me one time uh, and he said, I want you to get up and I want you, and, and it was at nighttime again. The Lord likes to do that. He wakes me up a lot. And he said, I want you to get up. I want you to go to this gas station at the end of town. I want you to walk in there and tell the clerk that the Lord sent, me, sent you here, sent you there. I said, okay. So I got up and I walked into the gas station there at the end of the town, particular gas station the Lord spoke to me about. And I looked at them and I said, uh, they said, hey, how are you doing? And I said, well, I guess I'm doing okay. I said, uh, this is going to sound crazy. I said, but the Lord spoke to me and he told me to come down here and tell you that I'm here. What do you need? And the, and the person behind there said, well, praise the Lord. I asked the Lord. My car broke down out there and I asked the Lord to send me someone to take me home. And I can, that's right, I could almost hear God giggle like that up there. God just went like that, and I just took him home, you know. I mean, took him home. We just had a great time, great talk on the way home. I went back and went back to sleep. Went back to sleep. I mean, there's so many things that, that the word of knowledge, God can use the word of knowledge, and it can really get fun. There can be harrowing experiences at times, but it can get fun. All right, let's do discerning of spirits here real quick, and then this will be it for tonight because it's 828, and I know you, you have to work in the morning. The discerning of spirits. Now, these are the gifts of revelation, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And these are, these are gifts that give us the power to know beyond our human knowledge. So the discerning of spirits is the ability to discern the spirit world, whether something is divine, whether it's human, or whether it's demonic. Now listen to me. To discern whether it's divine, whether it's human, or whether it's demonic. There's a whole lot of things we blame on the devil that's nothing but our flesh. 
We, we create messes of our own making and then bind the devil off of our life. God can help us through the discerning of spirits with that. And so uh, the discerning of spirits can come, in, can come in handy, especially when you get meeting new people. You got to be careful that you stay connected to the right people because let me tell you something. Listen to me. The devil can shout too. He can speak in tongues too. He can prophesy too. He can preach too. He can pray too. The devil can even quote scripture. He can. So he can, anything that God has done, the devil will try to mimic. And so many times there are there are what I call satanic plants that come into, in, even into the midst of our church. I, I tell people there are three kinds of people in every church. There's sheep, there's goats, and there's wolves. And the sheep are the ones that we love. We do life together. We encourage one another. You can lead them. We can all go to fountains of living water and get in the Word and all of that. And so they're wonderful people and they're your destiny people and they're the ones that care about the move of God and the vision that God's put in the house and they're just wonderful people. Those are sheep. Those are the ones that God has assigned the shepherd to. I don't find a place in the Scripture where God ever assigned a shepherd to a goat and I don't see where he ever assigned a shepherd to a wolf. But he assigned a shepherd to sheep. So there's three kinds of people. There's the sheep. Then there's the goats. The goats are bad people. <laughs> they come in the back door. Most of the time they're looking for a position or they're looking for recognition and you know they're going to be there for a little while and then they're going to leave and go somewhere else. So here's what I say. And I teach this in, in, in conferences. Here's what I say. You know when a goat walks in a door that they're a goat. So just get everything you can out of them while they're there. Empty their bank account. Do whatever. Just get everything you can out because you know that they're going to go down the road and create havoc somewhere else. Goats are people that when they don't get their own way, they pitch a royal fit, and when they leave, they try to stir up such stink that it tries, they try to destroy the church. Those are goats. And then wolves. Oh, my. We just shoot them on spot. Boom. <laughs> They come in trying to bite and devour and divide and destroy and create all kinds of, uh, of trouble. So we have to discern. We have to discern. Now listen to me. Not just, not just me. Most of the time I can discern them. Now I'll tell you, Donna's a lot better at it than I am because I'm the guy that wants to give everybody another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance. And Donna will be like, uh-uh, it's five minutes in a baseball bat. It's over, it's over, forget it. John, you better watch that person because they aren't there for nothing but to stir up trouble. And, she, and she's really better at it uh, than I am. But we're not the only ones that need to discern. You need to discern too so you don't fall into the trap. You need to discern. So you need to discern whether it's God, whether it's human, or whether it's satanic. And I do believe that Satan puts plants in churches. Now let me bring it down closer to where we live. Satan will put a plant in your business to try to destroy your business. And Satan will try to put a plant 
in your life to create division in your home. So you got to be careful and be discerning. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to be afraid. You just need to be aware. And you need to say, okay, we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let it happen. So discerning of spirits, and there are so many things I could say about this. This is just very, very basic, what I'm sharing with you here. But discerning of spirits uh, is very, very valuable when it comes to the peace that we have in our lives. Okay, let's all stand. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number four, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.